are you uh, ready or not? Here I come. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do I'm going to find you. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna find you. What's the name of our listeners? We need to give our our what are our what are our listeners' names? Like what's uh what's the name of someone who listens to this show? Like what's the group name? I didn't know that was something you do. What's yeah the name sure? Of your Star Wars be like, listeners. Hey there, B side. We just they're just Star Wars friends because that's you know oh, that's the name of the podcast. Yeah, it, um, you know. I'm I'm trying to think of someone who does that. Doug does it on his cooking show. He calls everybody his sous chefs. Oh. He's like, all right, my sous chefs. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's cute. Well, we'll Final think about f- it. What's... We'll put it on. We'll put it on. Uh, we'll table it for. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, listeners, what would you like to be called? Yeah, what do you want to be called? All right, Danny. This week we are doing. The classic 1996 album from the Fugees, The Score. Is it The Fugees or just Fugees? So it's Fugees, but people also say The Fugees. Like even in on their wiki, it says Fugees, sometimes The Fugees. So yeah, it is Fugees. So it just when I was typing it up my notes, I wrote The Fugees and then I wrote The Score and I was like, that doesn't look good together. But that's true. Fuji's. So we got Wyclef Jean, we got Lauren Hill, and we got Praz. Do I know Praz from anything else? Ghetto Superstar? I mean that song? With Maya, yeah. Oh, okay. I do know that song. That'd probably be the other thing you knew him from. I I am actually not super aware of what Praz has done post Fuji's. Wyclef Jean is everywhere. Yeah. Lauren Hill went on to make a solo album that was one of the like most critically acclaimed uh rap albums, you know, ever. And uh, you know, and then and broke like kind of broke that glass ceiling for women in hip hop and then also just kind of hip hop breaking just breaking more into the mainstream too. It's also a lot of a lot of stuff. So um yeah, but this is kind of this isn't necessarily where it all started because this isn't their first album, but this is the thing that broke them into large mainstream success. Yeah. So this is episode fifteen of B Side Ourselves. Is it? We did it. We made it to fifteen. I know. It's, it's it actually mile- feels like we've done more. Is that a celebratable milestone? Fifteen? No, nah, like fifty. Uh, we'll get yeah. excited. I'm gonna get a little bit excited for twenty-five. I feel All like right. that's fair. Where the hell are my notes? <laughs> They're gone. I want to make one broad note about this album. Yes, please. So lately, this past year, I've been into YouTube channels of lo-fi hip-hop. Just like okay. that soothing sound. Yeah, lo-fi you know? beats are sweet. And I've listened to this album in the past and enjoyed it. Listening to it this week, I was like, oh, my God, this is all lo-fi beats in the background. <laughs> like, I don't know there's why I really put that great, together. Yeah, there's some really great, great sampling on this album and, and beats they put together. It's it's good stuff. There's a risky sampling, too. We'll get to that. <laughs> you mean, like, maybe someone didn't really know how sampling works and copyright appearances yep. and stuff? <laughs> yeah. We, uh, yeah, no, we're definitely... That's a... It's a very historical thing. So definitely going to talk about that. So 
Danny, uh, what is what is your personal history with with this album, or even just with the Fugees and with Fugees in general? <laughs> I don't care if you say the Fugees. <laughs> I don't have a personal history. I have listened to this album a good amount of times in the past. Yeah, it's I, I liked it, but it, I never owned it. But I do own it on vinyl. When you dropped that you wanted to do it, I was like, yeah, that's an iconic album I would like to revisit. So let's do that. Oh, no. Did you just lose all your notes? No, I didn't lose my notes, but I <laughs> I was so focused on. Oh, Jesus Christ. OK, um, I didn't uh, I didn't all the stats sheets shit that's in here is still Iron Maiden. <laughs> I love that you always use the same one. <laughs> I just make a copy and then I go from there. Um, I don't even know because I never click on those. It's usually until the day of the podcast. I mean, it's it's more for me. I, I mean, I like that you look at it, but, it, you know. Well, so listeners, why he's doing this, I want to explain my voice real quick. Um, our buddies Travis and Beach told me about a whiskey called uh, New Riff. It's a good bourbon. And last night it was smooth and I drank like five glasses. And then this morning I was pretty toasted last night. This morning is the first time I've been hungover throw up since like my mid 20s. It's been a long time. And now my voice is a little shy. Or maybe like early 30s. <laughs> I was going to say, ah, my memory seems like it's different than than that. I am not saying I get don't drink. I'm saying I haven't been that bad the next morning in a long time. Yeah. But I'm not sick. No COVID. Just scratchy voice. Sultry. Sultry voice. <laughs> All right. The score is... The Fuji's second studio album and their final album as a group. Um, it was released on February 13th, 1996. Is that Galentine's Day? Valentine's <laughs> Is it? Day? The 13th? I, yeah, I thought it was the day before Valentine's Day. It doesn't matter. So too. Yeah. Can't, we're digging too deep. Hey, hey, hey. Someone this year's an work? important year for the album, though, right? Yeah, it's the 25th anniversary. So we just passed the 25th anniversary um, about a, a, just a little under a month ago. So look at that. We did the doing the uh, anniversary tour. We did the we we did uh, <laughs> the Outcast album Stankonia uh, real close to its anniversary as well. So we're killing it, and I didn't even know the that. Game. Yep. Um, so this album was super successful. It won two Grammys. We'll get into for what it, it won best rap album. Um, Why would it be their last album? They broke if, up. I know, but if it seems weird, if you win Grammys and you make this iconic album to be like, all right, I mean, to each their own, but yeah, I don't, um, well, Lauren Hill went to make her album after this, right? Right. Well, no. They, yeah. I mean, they both did. They. Well, I. Like I said before, I should have do do some pros research, but they. Yeah. Both Wyclef and Lauren made uh, solo albums like right after this. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, there's just uh, it was lightning in a bottle. You know, they it it came out 
uh, they made it. It came out. It was really good. And then, um, you know, stuff happened it, and with the group. Uh, I mean, they did. They didn't like immediately break up. They like toured and stuff. And they've tried to get back together a couple times in like the early two thousands. But it just, uh, you know, I don't really want to get too much into like people's personal struggles uh, yeah. post group. But there's things that have happened, you know. So. Um, I don't. I don't know enough, and I don't want to come off uh, like insensitive. So that's, we don't know shit. Yeah, so don't we don't. That's true. That is our tagline. We don't know shit. We just love music. Yeah, and we try to pretend that we know stuff every once in a while. So. Sometimes some of these nuggets pop out, and they're right. Sometimes they're not. They're just nuggets. bad shit. Yeah. Um. So. My personal history, I didn't do that. I skipped right into the stat sheet when I realized my mistake. I'm going to leave that in, too, because I feel like that's fun. Yeah, that's cool. My notes weren't prepared. Um, my personal history is that uh, back in the day, I don't think I actually owned the score when it came out. I definitely had the singles, though, I, and I was all about uh, Ready or Not and Killing uh, killing Me Softly. Um I mean that it was all over MTV. You couldn't escape it. Um, yeah. And I will say that I think that Lauren, like Lauren Hill's singing voice, like might be my favorite like female vocalist. I know, and I know we have like a relatively small sample size, but I just love the way her voice sounds. It's amazing. And you know. We've gotten into this time period now where well, it's been, you know, a decade now where, like, who's king? Sing rappers. Your, your Drakes, your Childish Gambinos. <laughs> yeah. And Lauren was doing it 25 years ago to, <clears throat> at a high level. Are you a fan of Drake? Not to get it too um, off topic here. No, nah, I mean Drake has some songs that I like, but there's Drake just Drake's weird. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. And I then remember, some, he has some weird like, oh, I'm gonna date like a 18 year old that I knew when she was 16 stuff. Like there's just some weird stuff going on with him. But I not yeah personally even before that. But yeah, I just um, but he definitely has some good stuff. But, uh, I remember really liking the album. If you're reading this, it's too late. But other than that, I've never liked a Drake album, really. I think I liked the one before that, and I can't remember what it was called now. I and the, I just only know that one because that was the one I had. But this isn't a podcast about Drake. Yeah, the one I liked was Take Care, which was in 2011. Anyway, oh, yeah, this is definitely not a Drake. Well, and then, and you know, if you if if it's if it's the if it's this time period, and you're gonna do if you're gonna pick a, a rapper who also sings, you're I, I think Childish Gambino is where you go. Yes, seriously. <laughs> so, but yeah, Lauren was doing it years ago, and I always I also always love to be the uh, the old head who people are like Nikki or um, Cardi B, and I'm like Lauren Hill. <laughs> so that's that's what I do. That's my that's my fun old guy joke. Wait, but if they're doing comparisons, it would be like 
I don't know, Missy Elliott and Lil' Kim, if we're going that far. No, but I'm just saying, like, I just oh. pick an, I just pick her, and I'm like, well, that's that's my favorite female gotcha. rapper. Not counting. And I'd, I'd put Missy second, if anyone that's was fair. wondering, since you brought Missy up. So, yeah. That opinion I, did not flip it around and reverse it on me. I, no? I definitely figured that was your, <laughs> your second. <laughs> oh, uh, terrible. All right, you want to get into the album? You got any more? No, I uh, I think I think that's it. I definitely didn't get into the rest of this album until I was older, but this was this was probably one of the first hip hop vinyls I bought in my twenties. So now I know this is not a uh, concept album, but it is a story. No, yeah, no, it's a cohesive story. How well do you know Loosely. the story? I don't. Oh, dang, I was hoping you could fill in blanks for me. <laughs> I don't I don't know that it's like a story story like that where it's you know, we're not we're not playing Coheed and Cambria here. You know, it's yeah. not like they're not writing a comic book that goes with the album, but um, I mean they definitely paint a pretty good picture do. sometimes. So here's my question for you as far as that's concerned. When we did we've talked about already on when we did the Outcast Stankonia episode that you are not a huge fan of interludes on this album they've decided to put them in the track at the end of the track and i you love like that. that better yes you do okay i because do too if i'm in the mood to listen to it i'll listen through to it and if, not, if i'm not skip, skip and there's one that i kind of liked but then i still skip because it's way too long that we'll get to <laughs> yeah which also didn't age well but whatever is it the Kung Fu one? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good, and then it's not good, and then it's too long, and then I skip it. But <laughs> I remember liking yeah. it the when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it right. It seems so jokey for the theme of this album, because this album does not feel jokey to me at all. But that skip um, feels jokey. I mean, it's it's some of, their, some of the songs on this album are have like poignant like serious subject matter and then there but there are several album so songs on this album that are literally just that, like look how good rappers we are like or look how many a, yeah so <laughs> like you know it's fine you can put you can put something funny in there it's not a big deal i'm not mad so i ain't mad are you ready Track to go one red intro that? Yeah, so this intro, it's kind of interesting, and it, it it's kind of funny when you were talking about, um, and I don't know if you said this on the air, we were talking about where they're from. I mean, this might have been before uh, I cut it. <laughs> but so this, um, this intro is read by, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this name, Ras Baraka. He's the son of the poet Amiri Baraka, and he's the, the literal current mayor of Newark, New Jersey, like right oh, now. Dang. Um, he's been the mayor since 2014. Do you think that so, was his running platform? Like I was on the score, bitches. <laughs> first track. <laughs> um, you know, and this is a this is a uh, passionate rant about like stuff that's going on and uh, incorporates some some stuff from the songs that were that are forthcoming. Um, it's a good it sets a good tone for the rest of the album. Yeah. It's real, uh, like, energetic. Yeah. So. I mean, that that's what I had, too. 
Yeah, I mean, there's it's a intro. What do you? Yeah. But let's get into track two. How many mics? Which I always want to write. How many licks? <laughs> how many, many, many. Licks does it take till you get to the? All right. <laughs> That's your second little Kim reference on here, Danny. Get out. <laughs> if we if you've referenced little Kim twice, and and if you're gonna reference her a third time, you have to reference that purple outfit that she wore to the 1990 something. Well, I don't uh, want to do that. So no more, uh, no more Kim. <laughs> yeah. um yeah so this is one of those songs that is hey we're great mcs look at how great our lyricism is and it is so it's fine if you're gonna talk a big game you back it up i mean that's and this sets the stage for the rest of the album as far as like what what to expect out of their lyrics and how they're able to flow um I just yeah I mean it's there's nothing super deep on this song but they 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 do I mean that's what they're doing they're setting the stage for the rest of the album. This is my favorite non-single song on the album. Okay. It's a good song. And the beat is fire. The way that all three of them just bring it right away. And then also I love the idea of like hey there's too many rappers but we're we're amazing so like we're above all everyone else is down there. Yeah. But I, not wrong. The song is wrong. awesome. Um, and I, um, I am someone who, in my hip hop, in my rap, I like lyricism. Like I, that's something I value. Um, like good, good beats and good flow is important. Um, but I have like a really hard time with mumble rap. Like I, I can't get into it. SoundCloud rappers, I can't really get into it because the lyricism isn't there. You know the the. the it doesn't really, to me, growing up on stuff like this, it just seemed like all that kind of stuff seems lazy. So Yeah, I agree. Yep. So good. All right, track three. I think we all know, Ready or Not. This is such a good song. What can you even say about this song? Like, it's, it's iconic. Well, and this is, I mean, this is another one of those, this is literally another one of those songs that's like, hey, like, the person that they're coming for are whack MCs, like, it's other rappers, like, this is another rappers, um, like, we're good rappers song. My so. only gripe with this song, and it's not even a gripe, is Lauren Hill's so fucking good in this song that you forget it's not just Lauren Hill. Like, Wyclef's first verse, I don't even remember half the time. <laughs> Well, that's the whole thing is like I had to keep telling myself when I'm listening because I'm I'm as I think I've already showcased like I'm a huge Lauren Hill fan just in general. Yeah. Um, and but I like Wyclef Jean too. And but when when they put them together, I just want to hear her. I don't really care about his verses. I just want to like okay, get to her verse. You know, like well. Later on in the, the album, there's, so I can hear her singing. You know, there's like, a lot of great examples of all three of them working together well. I just feel like oh, this yeah, song no, totally. felt very Lauren Hilly only. Totally. Well, that happens when she's like singing the chorus, right? Chorus so, and a good verse. Like her verse was dope. right. Yeah. So, Any other thoughts on Ready or Not? What do you think of the uh, video? Well, there, um. I so I did not watch the video in preparation, but I do know that this video was like had like a shit ton of stuff in it. And was like kind of one of the things that led into those like rap videos that are 
cinematic and expensive and um yeah the beginning of this video reminds me of uh big pimpin by jay-z because it's always like people on jet skis and helicopters chasing yeah them. yeah <laughs> when i was reading about it i just thought of the california love video where they're in like the thunderdome yep <laughs> that's a good video too <laughs> yeah shit so there are some other things to say about this album um song. so this was a or yeah this so, I was say, we're not done with the album no this yeah this song so um is it was a hit um and it uh it peaked at 69 on the the uh hot 100 um and it to- it actually topped the uk pop chart um but it isn't it so and I, and i like um i like pointing out like what the samples are too so this this song the chorus and bridge are like an interpolation of the delphonics ready or not here i come can't hide from love is a song from 1968 um and then th- also um the Enya's somewhat uh controversially um they sampled uh Enya's song uh bodica we're just gonna say that i don't that's probably not right but um and she considered suing them because they did it without permission um and um they were so her quote is we were actually on the verge of suing them because of the copyright infringement because it just because they didn't approach us uh it was a case of um i didn't i wasn't featured at all on the credits and the sample was very much part of the song um yeah, but they, it is. They, they did like a out of court settlement and i guess one of the other things was when she realized that they weren't gangster rap she was like she was okay with it and um like they're even they're even cool they're like we're we are uh lucky and uh they get she gave us a pass and she didn't need to do that um and that like they weren't they weren't aware at that point of like what copyright clearance and uh publishing procedures were so um there's also so i'm gonna i'm gonna hit do you want the the heavy thing and then the light thing or do you want the light thing and then the heavy thing Ooh, hit me with the heavy first then we'll come down softly so me <laughs> I found a quote from uh, who's it from? So, yeah, the, so Wyclef, um, oh, it's from Praz. So he said, at one point, the group had disbanded. Lauren had left the group at that point, and we didn't know what we were going to do. She calls me and says, listen, I'm going to come down to the studio and I'm going to lay down a reference for you guys, a hook. And Wyclef had already said, hey, let's let's do the. Let's do the chorus based on this Delphonic song. And um, so she said, I'll give you guys a hook. I give you permission to use my hook, my voice, but I don't want to be part of this group anymore. Um, Praz said, fair enough, no problem. She said, make sure certain people are not around when I'm there. Uh, oh, shit. Praz, Praz said, no problem. She's laying the reference for Ready or Not, and then she goes into the bridge and she's crying. I see her crying. She stops and says, I can't do this anymore, and leaves. A couple months later, she rejoins the group. She said, let's do Ready or Not again, because I was crying. It was emotional. Uh, she goes into the studio to do Ready or Not again. She's in there five hours doing the hook. Every hit is incredible, but we go back and say, there's something about that reference. I don't know if we can touch it. We end up keeping the reference, and that's what the world has come to hear. There's something about that record. It's That's magic. Damn. And they still use the one from the like the, the crying. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, heavy. What's so, the light? Uh, Barack Obama uh, said that this was his favorite song. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. yes. Thanks a lot, Obama. <laughs> I miss you. I miss, I miss you. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, number four. Zealots. Right? Did yep. I pronounce that right? Cool. Yeah. 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 So this song, this song, again, is just about lyrical prowess. They're making like a bunch of nerdy references. Like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily like it, it goes together, but it doesn't really they're not making a statement. They're just like, hey, check it out. Like they're flexing. <laughs> flexing. Ugh. So and this, this is song a big Clef song, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, then this song samples the flamingos. I only have eyes for you. So. Is that the beginning? So I really love the doo-wop in the beginning yeah. and then like the reggae like intro before it gets into it. Yeah. So good. I like when um I I like when Wyclef does anything in like the, the pat- patois, like the way that like the the uh accent. Um Lauren does it some on her solo album. She doesn't I don't think she does it a whole lot on this one though. So I think there's one part that she might, but we'll get to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then the outro on this one is about crooked cops. Yeah. Shock. Nothing has changed. <laughs> well, that goes into track five, The Beast. Yeah. And I just want to know, I what I took from this is this is a song about police profiling. and. Yeah, no, po- yeah. No, it's all about okay. po- police treating black people like shit. Police brutality, police pro- profiling. Well, like every verse, I got that. But the chorus is like, you know, the beast. I'm like, are these guys the beast coming at the police? Or is the police the beast? I left the <laughs> I left the lyric page open on that one. Maybe. Where's that? Yeah. This is a really good. Like, yeah, I don't I don't know if uh, maybe. And honestly, it might even be able to be taken like both ways. So. I, yeah, because the verses are spot on. They're like, you know, the police are terrible. They're profiling. They're abusive. They're terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I would like to point out two lyrics specifically. Um, the first one, uh, Newt Gingrich sucks dick. <laughs> I actually have that in my notes, too. Like, I'm glad they kicked down Newt Gingrich and... Um, meanwhile, the government brings Star Wars to, from Glock to Glockers. The COP has an APB out on Chewbacca. Oh, I thought you were going to go to the Bill Clinton reference. That's why I said and. <laughs> oh, no. They talked about Star Wars, man. I got to bring it up. That's know? true. That's true. But there's, you know, uh, those like they even mentioned the Central Park Five in here. You you bringing up Star Wars makes me want to talk about something real quick. So like, OK. You know how they spoof album covers and like there's one that's like the Chewies and it's like the three of them, but it's Chewbacca. I haven't seen that, but that sounds funny. Well, I think on certain albums it's fine, but this is such a serious album that I think I don't know because there's a lot of different ones. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. I don't I don't enjoy that. (laughs) I think it's one of those things. So. My thought process is I'm like, okay, I look at that and I think that's neat. And then, I, and then I'm like, I'd want to know what do 
Fuji's feel like yeah what, that's what, would, I mean. what would they think if they saw it if they think it's funny then I'm cool like cool like I have no reason to be offended for them but I understand like yeah no there's serious subject matter on here so it's it's mostly it like T public there. t-shirts right like there's one that says muties and then the x-men on the bottom and it's got three x-men yeah which I don't find I'm not saying it's offensive I just feel like the contents of this album seems so serious to be spoofed in an x-men or chewbacca shirt <laughs> but yeah. maybe i should also lighten up it's not my album if they're okay with it cool <laughs> are you trying to cancel t public here <laughs> no no i'm not doing that no <laughs> i don't know what to I say don't know. See, you know it's funny is i i think i have a <laughs> i think i have a ninja turtles straight out of compton uh uh, <laughs> parent shirt that I bought several years ago. Um, I do have I do have a Enema the State parody shirt, and it's the nurse. It's Animaniacs. It's the nurse. It's Enema oh, the nice. State. Uh, the nurse from Animaniacs. It's like okay, sweet. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I. That's interesting to think about. I don't. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could see it being in bad taste for sure. So. Track six, Fugila. Sure. Ah, la la la. I think I think it's Fujila. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Fugilo. <laughs> Fergie. Uh. So the way that she sings that um, the the ooh la la in the chorus is uh is like an interpolation of ooh la la, ooh la 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 by Tina Marie. Spoiler okay. alert! It Did sounds better that. when Lauren does it. <laughs> this is a fucking jam love yeah, the lo-fi great. beat in this one i am sad because i read that this was a single and it didn't get any airplay until after the other two came out and then everyone loved this song lauren is killing it as usual in this song oh, the chorus my favorite part of the song is at the end when she's doing the fast ha 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 or whatever yeah. i can't even do it. how she does she it just kicks so much ass so, and then the other sample on here is, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right by Ramsey Lewis. It's like the, that high pitch thing in the background. Hmm. Uh, that part of the beat. Um, I didn't look up all the samples. I didn't want that to actually ruin it for me. If you know what I mean? Like, hearing I, see, I love hearing the samples. And it's like one of the music things I can talk about with Tab that she's actually like impressed by when I'm like, oh yeah, this is from this. Check this out. Like she actually likes that. She's like, hey, how do you even hear that? Check out this sample in the middle of this song. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this they actually did this song prior to this to the score. Um their producer uh he they were working on a song for Spike Lee's uh Clockers movie. Um and that song actually never came out, but um they during the session Wyclef I guess was like, "Hey, do that be- play that beat that you did for Fat Joe." And um, so they he played it, and then Wyclef just like jumped up and spit the first verse to Fuji La. He had the verse, and it fell together. And then they worked on it, and yeah, they said that it was done like even before the album. So, I mean, this is definitely the ultimate like we're the best rappers in the game song. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. I like the in the battle. I lost my finger. Mike became my arm. Pistol nozzle hits the nasal. Blood becomes lukewarm. Like God, good shit. You go. You go, Clef. So good. 
<laughs> I was like, I'm not even gonna try to pick like sing like lyrics from each because there's just so there's like it was like stressing me out. There's like so much to to pick. Yeah, from. I didn't do that for all of them. I just like that one. I mean, I like a lot of them, but. Any other thoughts on Fugla? No, <laughs> Fugila is. I know. Such a good song. All right, track seven, Family Business, featuring John Forte and Omega. And Omega? I didn't know yeah. that. I only thought John Forte. I think Spotify only tells me Forte. Hmm. How dare they? Um. So this song is about uh like grim realities of the life that they're living where they live and uh but like sticking with your family is important yeah putting your family first i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure that family means actual family or like chosen family or both i think it probably uh, means chosen family let's be honest yeah as we get older you realize chosen family is what's important <laughs> i mean your family is important but i don't know you feel closer almost with your chosen family. Yes. And Forte's style and bars in this song fit like a fucking glove with the other three. Well, yeah. Like, it's... I almost feel like he could have been just a Fuji. It was good. Yeah, the the beats, the sample, the verses, every like, lyricism, everything is is really good. It's <laughs> it's it's just good. It's so good. All right, track eight, killing, killing me, killing me softly with this song. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So this is their like mega hit, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's a cover of Roberta uh, Flack. Yeah. Well, so it's um, the song is recorded was originally recorded by Lori Lieberman, and then Roberta Flack's version is like the the famous one. And then that's that, like that's the inspiration for the cover. I, do you know what the song is actually about? Mm-mm. So the song, like when it was originally written, is about Lieberman's reaction to a performance of the song "Empty Chairs" by Don McLean. Really? Yeah. Don McLean? Yeah, like American Pie. Yeah, that's that's what I thought you were getting. <laughs> I'm confused by that. I'm really glad that Roberta Flack and then Fuji's uh, covered it because that's lame. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember the music video at all? Yeah, they're like, aren't they like sitting in a theater? Okay, I've been trying all day because they're sitting in a theater and they're watching something, and like them in the theater makes sense. Like Wyclef's behind her doing his hype part, and she's beautifully singing into her popcorn. But it keeps like showing clips. I'm like, I can't find this. Is this from a movie or is this another music video they're referencing back to? What are these clips of like fights or something happening on the screen? Uh, you don't. If you don't know offhand, it's all good. I just no. I was looking to see what it, if it said anything. It's because there's a like a little section about it, but it doesn't actually say. It just says who it was directed by, and that Roberta Flack is in the video. Oh, she is? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yep. I did not know that. So, um, this song, they performed it at the MTV Movie Awards. Roberta Flack joined Hill on stage for the performance. This is a number one single. 
three times platinum, number I mean, two on the U.S. Hot R&B Singles, and number two on the U.S. Easy Listening chart. Really? Put that in there because I was like, why not? So wait, um, is that real? Or are you just putting? Yeah, it in no, mess that's with... real. No, 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 that's wow. that's. I'm saying I included that in my stuff I wanted to report because uh, <laughs> I was just like, that's that's wild. Uh, da, 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 da. It won a Grammy in 1997 for Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal. And then also the MTV Video Music Award for Best R&B Video. Um, it samples, in, in addition to being a cover, it also samples uh, Bonita Applebum by A Tribe Called Quest. Oh. Um, uh, I think that's like the beat and some of the other stuff that you get. Uh, I think that brown, brown, brown. I think that might be from that too. <laughs> um, so, and then it's also worth noting that this. So, I don't know if you know what this means because I've never, I'd never heard of this before. But this single was so successful that the track was "quote unquote" deleted, thus no longer being supplied to retailers whilst the track was still in the top twenty in an effort to draw attention to the next single, "Ready or Not." So they basically like stopped promoting it, I guess. I can see that happening, even though it was still in it, like still killing it, just to just to get people to buy the next single. I mean, if you would have watched that Bee Gees documentary. It talks no. about how sometimes their singles would overlap and people don't even know what was going on. Gross. It's a good documentary. You bring up the Bee Gees during this episode. Oh, I'm going to. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> we are going to do a Bee Gees episode. I'm going to force you. I'm going to be sick that week. So um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's interesting. I guess like this is the last song they recorded. And this is totally like. Maybe they didn't intend it, but if anything was a it was a Lauren Hill solo career vehicle. This, yep. I mean, hello, like, um, and I mean, what is White Clef really singing? It he goes one time, one time, yeah, two times, two times. No, this is just a Lauren, basically a Lauren Hill song. Um, In fact, also I want to bring up he says one time or one or two in a few of these songs, like more than one song. He's just a good counter. He's got a thing, yeah. He's he's like the count <laughs> from Sesame Street. <laughs> one one ah, time, time ah, ah, two ah, 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 times. <laughs> so killing me softly, count killing me softly. Apparently, like this was Praz's idea, and um, they were kind of. I think at first they were kind of like that song. I don't know. And um, boy, were they in for a rude awakening. So I think with them adding the beat and stuff, but this also this also feels like it could have been it it ended up working out right, but it could have been one of those things where like "Fight for Your Right" is Beastie Boys' biggest hit, but it's not like representative of the rest of their music at all. I know, and they yeah. hate it. Like like this is a perfect example of something like this. It's you know like "Ready or Not" is a perfect like this is what the Fugees are. Killing Me Softly with his song is is not. It's a great song, but it's not representative of their music, I don't think. You remember that band Alien Ant Farm? Yeah. They did, they did Smooth Criminals, their cover, and that was their only big hit. And their music sounded nothing like that song. That's funny. A yeah, little bit, but not, not nearly as good, of course. 
Yeah. All right, we're moving on. Track nine. No, not yet. Not okay, yet. More? Go for it. Go for it. I ain't rushing. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. But you know that music. You know that part in the in this song where Lauren's just like belting. She's not actually saying words. She's yeah. just doing like. Ugh. <laughs> I want to make it my ringtone. So good. I love You've it never so answer your phone. Huh? You I know. I would, yeah, I was like, wait, I'm hold it up. Like, wait, listen to it. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I thought about playing that here, but <laughs> I don't know exactly where it is in the song. If I had the timestamp, I'd be playing it right now. Track okay. nine, the score, featuring Diamond D. Diamond D. Diamond <laughs> Dallas Page. This. Diamond. Is my Diamond. least favorite Dustin song. Diamond. I mean, it samples so- songs from the album. Like, you're sampling your own music from like tracks two or three tracks ago. Or tracks that are later on in the album that we yeah. haven't heard yet. Yeah. I would say, although it is called The Score. I, but I feel like that maybe this should have been the last track then or something. True. I think placement is encore. the thing. This is, this yeah. Placement is the is the problem. Um, yeah, I I the lyricism is still on point, just like with every every other song. But I thought the reference the the samples of other songs in the album was weird too. And um, yeah, it might be my least. Fa- yeah, no, I think it is my least favorite as well. And you know what makes me mad about this song, Josh? You know what makes me mad? What? Because it's like a pump up song because they're like left, right. Like it's like marching, you know, it's like building up. It's like gathering the soldiers, preparing for something big. And then the next track is not like I thought it was going to be like, oh, they're fighting in the streets. Like this is building up to the fight, the score. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's it's cool. I keep trying to I keep going to like say the next thing and i'm like oh that's danny's thing though danny always does that so like the next track oh uh track 10 the mask oh god i'm glad i did too because i glad i didn't because i i almost did i almost skipped to the next song (laughs) (laughs) i like this song so this song this is one of the serious songs i can't tell though because each verse is kind of different you know what i mean like why claps is like not ratting on somebody and then Lawrence is like dealing with someone. I forgot what her lyrics were. I think someone just being a shit to her at a party. But I thought yeah. like the chorus was going to be like, we all wear masks to get by. Like, you know, we put up these fronts. But I feel like so, the verses didn't go with the chorus, but I still like the song a lot. So my. Um, what I've read is that this song and then it made sense, like going over the lyrics, that this song is actually about it's a it's a um, a reference to a poem, "We Wear the Mask" by Paul Lawrence uh, Dunbar, oh, and nice. it's a it's it's about how black people are forced to conceal their true emotions in order to stay acceptable to white people. I think I got that. At least from the chorus, that's kind of what yeah. I was envisioning. So, yeah. And in this song, 
in the chorus, he repeats over and over, my crew and the queens wear masks. And then in the next song, he says, Brooklyn. That's why I had their location off. <laughs> There's a... Well, not there is song, a no woman no cry, huh? And no woman no cry. They reference Brooklyn, yeah, because they changed the lyric to Brooklyn. So there's a. I was just gonna say there. There's a. There is a, ODB verse, and I can't remember if it's on, one of his songs or if it's on a Wu Tang song where he's just like, naming every place he can, like shout out. <laughs> To this place and that place and and he's like people in detroit down to maryland like he's just like naming just naming cities (laughs) um so made me think of that but my final thought on this song the groove of this song is rad and i really like this this is one of my favorites oh yeah i didn't i sorry i I skipped that part so the sample on this one is knights in white satin by the moody blues oh that's a dark sample to go with the theme of the song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Track 11, Cowboys, featuring Outsiders. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so this song, one, I want to say it's funny to me how many, like, Western-themed rap songs exist. Um I can only think of Ghetto Cowboy right now but I, by Bone Thugs, but I know that there's more than just that one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it makes sense. You got Wu-Tang Clan who bases, like, their whole thing on samurai movies and westerns are just the American version of samurai movies. So, um, but anyway, this, uh, I really like the way that this song is laid out because you have... Like, literally every verse is, like, a member of the Fugees and a member of the Outsiders doing a verse together. Can I tell you what it made me think of? What's that? Like, you know those, like, tropes and cartoons where it's, like, there's three heroes and there's, like, the multiverse version of those heroes? Yeah. Because you have Lauren Hill and then you have the the female version over on Outsiders. Like, it was funny. They just felt like the evil or alternate versions of the Fugees. Yeah. It's, I don't know uh, much about the outsiders. Um, I was trying to remember. I think, I think that they might be. Are they grouped with? Are they put, like related with Tupac somehow? You mean tu, tu, Tupac Shakur? Shakur? Yes. I could be. I may have made that up. My one gripe with this song is the beat is very repetitive. Like, a lot of the beats are predative, but this one stands out. Like, you can, like, notice it, and it's kind of like, oh, God. But it doesn't take away from the lyrics. Oh, maybe I, maybe I make, did I make that up? Who am I thinking of, then? I don't know. You're the hip-hop hip- fan? I don't know. Hip-hop collective. I'll, oh, see, this I'm just dumb. The, the group I'm thinking of that's associated with Tupac is called Outlaws with a Z. <laughs> Oh, Outlaws, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Which one was Eve part of? Rough Riders. Ah, Rough Riders. Yeah. Rough Riders. But that was like that was like a label. That was yeah. a label crew. This is like this is like smaller than that. All right, um, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Why did you think of Eve? I was thinking of groups. I don't know. Like yeah. For some reason her paw print tattoos popped in my head. <laughs> 
inappropriate. Why is that inappropriate? I don't know. It just felt right. You and your Coke Zero. Trying to live a healthier life, Danny. And this podcast is brought to you by Coke Zero. Yeah, pay us Coke Zero. <laughs> I'll read an ad for Coke Zero. Zero sugar, baby. <laughs> All right, next song. No, 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 no. You got more to say about the Cowboys? No, or are you no. going to just research yeah. a million things on other bands? <laughs> hey, I was Outlaws and Outsiders is close. <laughs> but the other reason that that kind of didn't make sense to me. So, um, well, one, the samples, the main ingredients, something about love, the intruders, Cowboys to girls. And then it's not a sample, but he sings The Gambler. For a second in this song. Yeah. That's interesting. But so the um the Wyclef verse in this song actually sparked a feud with Tupac. Um, really? took it per- as a personal affront. And his response was when we ride on our enemies. Which is a is a Tupac song. So Damn. Ooh la la la. I just I've, Tupac is Tupac was he he was sensitive, I think. I think so too. Yeah. Sensitive guy. <laughs> There's something wrong with being a sensitive man. No, not at all. Just we see you, Tupac. We're okay with you being sensitive. Oh, so I'm a Tupac fan. I'm not. <laughs> funny, like write, writing songs. You know, hit him up. So, <laughs> all right, track twelve. No woman, no cry. It's a cover of a yeah. Bob Marley and the Wailers song. Hey, they changed one lyric to Brooklyn. The one it's that still keeps... cover <laughs> throws me off. I actually think they like I think they changed a couple things, not very many, but um, there was a couple other things that I think were different, so changed them to like ap- apply to him. Now, if "Killing Me Softly" was the Lauren Hill solo vehicle, I feel like this is the Wyclef Jean solo vehicle. A failed attempt. Why? This is a great song. My opinion is I don't think anyone can cover Bob Marley and the Whalers. I just think they did something so perfect in that style. And unless you like this sounds too much like Bob Marley. So I don't care. I'd rather just go listen to the Bob Marley version. I really like the Bob Marley version. (laughs) I mean, that's part of their that's part of the Fuji thing. I mean, like he's Haitian. So, you know, it's like I mean, I like I know it's not all the same. I'm just saying the song. Yeah, the Caribbean's not a monolith. Like the Caribbean nations are like different, but they're you know shared shared uh, experiences and you know. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. I yeah no. I mean Bob Marley is one of those things you can't. But all right, I don't hate the song. I'm not skipping it, but I like the Bob Marley one way more. So it's hard for me to like hype this one up. Do you um? Were you with me? At Riot Fest, when we were sitting, eating, um, like Ziggy, ju- it was it was Stephen Marley. Yeah, yeah. And he was doing. Oh, Stephen Marley played at Riot Fest a couple years ago, <laughs> and I'm not familiar with like Stephen Marley's like originals, but he did like five or six Bob Marley songs on the set, and we happened to catch. I think, I think we happened to catch all of them, and it was like you close your eyes and it's, like he sounded just like Bob. It was wild. I, was I cool. thought I read something that a lot of the Marley family just does those songs, and a lot of them just sound really good still. Yeah. 
I mean, if you if you can do it, why not? I mean, yeah. So, were were you aware that Lauren Hill was with Bob Mar one of Bob Marley's sons? Okay, I thought you were about to say Bob Marley. That doesn't add up. <laughs> Rohan Marley. Yeah, she has like, I think all of her kids are with him. They were together. I don't think they were. I don't think they were ever married, but they were together from like 1996 to like 2009. Dang. And they've like multiple kids together. Well, that's awesome. Did not know that. Yeah. It's Any other cool. thoughts on this song? Um. It did. It didn't get a physical release here, so it didn't do the Hot 100. But it did hit the airplay chart, uh, peaking at 38. But it was really popular uh, around the world, which makes sense. It's a Bob Marley yeah. song, so <laughs> the final track. Well, kind of. There's the outro, but Manifesto, track 13. Manifest. Oh, slash it- outro. Wait, is it not manifesto slash outro? No, it's manifest. Oh man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you added a, you added one letter. It's okay. I typed it wrong. Yeah. So I love the guitar buildup and Strum when Wyclef's getting angry in that first verse. Yeah. And then he's like, "Calm down, calm down." I actually really like this song. Just the way everyone, it's almost like a, like uh, acting out. I was trying to figure out like what the song is really about because all three verses are like kind of about different things like process versus just another like hey i'm a great rapper yeah i feel like the other twos had like sad verses if i'm yeah oh yeah no i lauren's verse is like about like lost love i think or like they make that up no you're right okay (laughs) and like Wyclef's is like, I saw death, I got scared, butterflies in my chest, father of possible. Like, it's about death and losing people. And hers is about, you know, love loss, but a bad one. And then, yeah, Praz is just like, he's badass. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. What, I, what, I'm, what I'm worried about is, like, this whole album, the score, is building up to this, like, big fight in the streets against the police or just injustices. And then this song's sad. Like, what if they lost? I mean, no woman, no cries first. And then this. <laughs> I just want to imagine they won. It's kind of a bummer to end the album on, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I should have ended the album on the score. It's it's a good song, though. I really like this song. No, I like Manifest. It's a good song. I I also, I actually really like the outro. Like, the kind of like the hype credits, credits like, I thought it was cool, like all the acknowledgments and stuff. It's really good and funny, but it's a one-time listen, because you're never going to listen to that over and over again. Yeah. Well, maybe no, you are, but... People got to get their credit, you know? I love when he was, like, yelling at people to get out. Yeah. Get out. So, an Instagram person that I've been communicating this did a, um, a blog about this album on his Sip and Spin... If you want to follow him, it's Sip and Spin Records. But he he pointed something out in his blog that's kind of like ruined something for me. There's two tracks on this album that even on Spotify and I guess on the record too, they inputted the needle scratch like in the song so you can hear it. And once you like that glass is broken, that's all you can hear when you hear the song and it pisses me off now. It is 
family business and Fugila or Fujila. <laughs> like, listen to them, and you'll hear the needle scratch through the whole thing. Mm. Which you wouldn't before it kind of went with it, but once you know that and you can hear it, you're like, oh my god, this is annoying to hear over the track. Yeah, it's only those that. two songs. Yeah, I just ruined it for you. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, so that was an interesting tidbit to find out. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna look for that now. Any? What are your What are your final thoughts? It's a great album. There's like one track I didn't love, but for the most part, it's banger after banger. It really is a classic album. It's uh, and there's not a lot like it. There's no. you know. There's there are some there are some albums that are like it rap wise, but like at the time, um, this is kind of like ushered in this you know this more like this kind this style and and I and I don't like I talked about it before, but like the rapping and the singing together, like you know people aren't doing that. It's it's pretty cool. Not enough. And also, I love it more than when I was to it in the past because like I said, like discovering how much of the background beats lo-fi beats like just that chill lo-fi tune like, i love it more i'm like ooh, this hits differently now that i appreciate lo-fi more yeah and i think that comes a little bit with too like with this not like there's no like there's no like dance songs on this record and there's no like um that they're just they're just uh they're just rapping it's you know it's not uh so you want to have cool samples and stuff, but you're not the 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 beat isn't dry. Like think about like I think you brought a big pimpin earlier. Like big yeah. pimpin, the the beat drives that song. Like these songs are driven by the verses, you yeah. know. So with the exception of "Killing Me Softly," that one the beat I think with the song, but. But it's still not some, like intense, um, you know. I think they work together well in that song. Yeah. I don't think it drives either of them drive. Cool. Any other thoughts on the album by you, Mister? I uh, love this album. Nothing. I nothing. I haven't already said. Uh, classic album. Love the food. Love Fuji's. Love love Lauren Hill. Was excited to do this, and it, we're actually uh, recording this on International Women's Day. So um, it's nice to do a. We've been doing all these white guy artist so it was like it was, it was time uh to flip flip the script so we just spice um, girls i know but that was that was like several episodes ago but also now. you're gonna edit this and it'll be out by like thursday which will be way past international women's day so but people will hear us <laughs> say that we recorded it today and it'll still count yeah just kidding You're all right should we do uh what's next weekly recommends yeah you should go first because I feel like you have a bunch of the same. Oh boy, scary! All right, let me pull it up here. This first one he's gonna say, I want to just—I I want him to say it, but I've been obsessed with this song all week. You better say the right one too. <laughs> You've been obsessed with it all week. Oh no, I don't know what song that is. Uh, would that song be Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic, which is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock? Yes, it is. Oh, such let a me jam. Just, let me just tell you that <laughs> Bruno Mars, 
don't don't ever make music that sounds like it came out the year you recorded it. Please just continue <laughs> to make throwback music. And obviously, like it works. Like he's made like he's made like old soul music. He's made like new jack swing, like from the from the late 80s early 90s like it all works like just continue to lean into your influences and make throwback music it's so good and i've been kind of sleeping on anderson pock like i've heard him on some some other people's stuff and i know that he's good it's just like um haven't been able to get and get into his stuff just haven't like decided to do that and i think this will finally like help me push you there push me to actually like do a deeper dive on him so, do you have Next? anything to add? No, just I fucking love that song. I Bruno Mars is gonna kill it. I know it. It's gonna be amazing. Um, my next one is uh, "Neon Medusa" by The Midnight. It's a synth synthwave song. <laughs> surprise! What? Surprise! You like synthwave? I do. <laughs> um. And then another one I know that we share is Hold On by that jerk, Justin Bieber, <laughs> making songs that I like, pissing me off. You said uh, earlier, and I agree, it's not as good as the last song you dropped. No, it's not but as it's, good as it's still kind of good, and I don't love the fact that it's that kind of good. Does, a, does the, This might be sacrilegious, but I'm just asking a question. Okay. I kind of look at um I know that you like Peter Gabriel better than Phil Collins, but I feel like they both made like similar solo music, similar, not the same. But like you'd put in your eyes and uh what's the big what's the big hit uh Phil Collins hit? And this is my last podcast with Josh. Oh, today. stop. Listen, no, you don't even know what I'm going to say. So, um, uh, Sledgehammer, Red Rain. No, time. what's what's the... What's you, the you asking for Peter Phil Gabriel Collins. big song? No, you already what's said a Phil Collins, Collins song. In no, the I air said tonight? In Your Eyes. That's a Peter Gabriel song. Don't get no. mad at me because you don't know <laughs> Peter Gabriel songs. <laughs> no, you love Peter Gabriel. Um, no, I, why can't I think of the name of I the song? I just said it. It's the... Oh. The one that goes doo 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 doo. Yeah, I can feel it. I feel like it, you. Fall. Yeah, I feel uh, in the air tonight. I feel yeah. like you would put you could put those two on like the same playlist. Like they have a like the vibe is similar. Is the is Justin is Justin Bieber in that like sad boy atmospheric like pop song space? No, he is no. nowhere near that space. Not 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 <laughs> ability level. Take your love for Peter Gabriel out of your brain. Like, is that do you think that's what he's going for? Is he like doing this like his version of of that? I don't I think it's a totally different kind of pop. Like I wouldn't even put Justin Timberlake's early stuff in that because that's Why also sad boy pop. Cry me a river and all that. Yeah, but that has a different like beat structure. I'm like, these are both kind of like not synthy, but you know, like they have that like atmospheric feel. I don't even want to get into this. <laughs> okay. All right. Peter Gabriel is nowhere near on that. Or 
He's like, no, a I'm, just, I'm just, I am literally just talking about <laughs> in her eyes. So, and I'm, and honestly, the song that makes me think that more is anyone than this one. Hold on. But I don't know. Also think, makes me think of like some of that new agey, like solo sting stuff from the yeah. like early 2000s. I mean, I could see him going for that, but also I don't think he makes these dime store beats. Because, I mean, that's my big gripe with that new Bieber song is the beat is dumb. Yeah. Like, he's singing fine, but that beat sounds like I could have made it on Pro Tools and I'm not a producer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, people like Sting, Phil Collins, or Peter Gabriel. I just said, is that, so what he's go- is that what he's going for? I think he might. I mean, he could dream. Yeah. He could dream. I think he's going for a Michael Jackson vibe in his life. Okay. <laughs> well, I got heated. Yeah. Oh, I knew as soon as I said Peter Gabriel and the next thing I said after it wasn't is the best ever. You were going to be like, whoa, especially when I said Phil Collins afterwards. I used to always for those who don't know, I used to always like pretend that I was way like a huge Phil Collins fan just to like I'd be like Phil Collins is a better uh, vocalist in Genesis. And you'd be like, 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 I don't. But as I age, Phil Collins is a better vocalist in Genesis. But Peter Gabriel is a better vocalist and songwriter in general. Like the Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll go into this another day. No, I know. It's funny because I don't know like a ton of Peter Gabriel, which is probably a failing on my part and yours because you didn't um, take advantage of (laughs) our time together. But um, In Your Eyes is a better song than anything that Genesis or Phil Collins put out. And I like Genesis and Phil Collins stuff, but I'm just like In Your Eyes is like and it has nothing to do with saying anything like I liked this discovered and liked the song and independently of that movie. But. You have just written in stone that we are going to do Peter Gabriel's album, So. Okay. Because that song's on that album. Okay. But that whole album is a masterpiece. I'm excited. But we'll do that eventually soon. With a a song that's strong on the album, um, I'm here for it. It's got to be good. All right. All right. Um, (laughs) What else do I got? Um, This isn't. I don't. If uh, were you ever into the Juliana Theory? They were like a tooth and nail. Did they put out an album? Um. Well, so they put out an album last year. Oh wow! I'm really behind on that. But no. So what they're doing right now is they're putting out singles that are reimagined versions of their hits. Really? Yeah. Would you like a play? Yeah. Okay. Their album Emotion is Dead was a pretty great album back in 2000. That's all I remember them, though. Do you know the song Into the Dark? Yeah. Oh. Where it dwells 
I don't like it as much as I like the original, but I do like it. I do too. I was not expecting to like that. That's going yeah, on my list. They've only, they've only done a couple of them, but I think they're going to keep doing them. It seems. So I mean, they didn't have that many hits, but. Um, I mean that the both of those songs are off that album. I said so. The the other I have one more. Actually, no, I have two more, but I just couldn't remember exactly what they were. I I make the mistake of like when I find a song for either this or what the fuck I put it. I just like it so I can go back to it later and I couldn't remember which ones. Um, So there's a song called Magazine by Cowboy Mugshot that I like. Okay. It's kind of weird. Um just check it out. I don't know what to okay. tell you. I can't remember well. what it is, but I know I like it. Um, and then um, there's this song called Shut Up by Tyler Posey. And I was like, why does this sound so good? And then I and then it like scrolled and it said, uh, um, I don't know who Femme is, but it said featuring Femme and Travis Barker. And I was like, oh, okay, that's why it sounds cool. It's like a <laughs> pop punk song. So, yeah, I feel I like, like Travis I, Barker has been on everything lately. Well, he's just like, I think, well. I think he's that's kind of been his thing for a while. Um but I think he just he just gets bored and he's like, Yeah, I'll drum on that. Yeah, I'll drum on that. Plus, you, looking I for think, drummer? you looking for a drummer? Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I, I also think that he just kind of I think he realizes putting his name on something, you know, is helpful. So like, because you, you never you don't really see you see him doing it with two groups. You see him doing it with like old friends, like when he did all the drumming on that new newer Goldfinger album or like un like up and coming people. It's never like, you know, he's doing it like with machine gun Kelly or like this Tyler Posey person. He's not like just doing whatever. Yeah. So. I think also not to, I mean, I love Travis Barker, but there's a lot of songs that I feel like he just puts his name on just to get it out there because there's songs he kills it on the drums, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's Travis Barker. Like yeah. he's doing it." And there's songs that you can't tell that Travis Barker's in that song. Like those drums are either not mixed right, or you can barely hear them, or it's a very simple beat. Yeah, I will say though, even when, like, I think the Aquabats record he's on is a good example of this. Like, even though those, even though the drumming is simplistic on that album, you can, I feel like you can tell from the speed and the, the way that he hits the snare that it's him. Yeah. He's such that's a... also someone who's been like analyzing the way he drums <laughs> for a long time too. So, you know what? I also like that life's a mess too. Uh, juice world, clever and post Malone. I like that song too. I actually I... like juice world. And I hate to say it because I'm old. I'm having the same issue. I'll be honest. I didn't put it on my list, but I've been, I've listened to the album and didn't hate it. My turn? Yes, it is your turn. Denny's recommend. (laughs) (laughs) You should record that. I'll put it in every time. (laughs) First off, we're going for some pop. We already got rid of some of those because you got them in there. The Japanese Breakfast, their new song, Be Sweet, is da-da-dope. Last week, I recommended Tiger's Jaw, the song New Detroit. Well, their whole album dropped, and their whole album, I recommend. I don't know why I'm doing that. The Spill Canvas came out with a new song or album, and it's good. I suggest the song Firestorm. 
It is good. Um, I I've got, too, but I didn't say it. I've got four indie bands instead of just saying this band's indie pop or indie indie. Barbarossa. The song is always free. I'm loving it. The song or the band Girl in Red. It's a very dark song called Serotonin. It's like, yeah, just check it out. Sloth Trust, the song Cranium, and Fight Cloud, the song Glass Symphony. Those are my indie suggestions. Um, for something heavier, go for the band Gulch, and the song is called Bolt Swallower. Yeah. That sounds perverted. And then this one is a WTF slash recommend, because I can't understand why I like it. So it's part of the what the fuck. Remember the band Duck Sauce, and they did that song Barbra Streisand? Sounds familiar. Woo, woo, woo. Barbra Streisand. That's like yeah, all yeah, dead yeah. over and over. They came out with like a new song with a track. It's called Ask Me, and it's a pretty good dance song. Okay. I was never a fan of them before, but I like this song. That's it. I have, this a, couple, week. I have a couple what the fucks. Ooh, go for it. So, um, one I have is there's a song. So it it came to me through this song, but it's this is just the group. There was this um, synthwave song called "Summer Lovers," and it's by a, a group or artist named Eighties Stallone, <laughs> like Eight Zero S Space Stallone, and I just thought. Come on with that name. <laughs> you don't like it? I like that name. I think it's I fun. Don't know. It's trying too hard to think. <laughs> um, and then I I had another one of those experiences where something got put on my, my release radar because it was it said that Rush was on it, but it was some like Indonesian rap group. Um So it wasn't a good song? No, it wasn't. Um, and then, which I didn't even say it, that's how pissed I was. <laughs> um, and then there was a song called For the Love, and it had, um, Sun Diesel and Bone Thugs and Harmony is who's credited. And Bone Thugs aren't on the song, he just samples one of their old songs. I don't think you should be able to do that then. Can yeah. you imagine if every sample got credited on the name like that? Yeah, like... Don't put them as an artist on the song. If if all, it's that song where there's like a woman who's like for the love of money. Like, they they just like a little piece of that woman singing from the original song is like sampled on this song. I don't think you actually even hear the Bone Thugs at all. I was like listening to it, like waiting for it to hear one of their voices, and I was like, what the where where? And then I realized right away it's like oh it's because they sampled their song. That's that's dumb. So Where those are like, my WTFs. Give me a bone here. I have bone a bone thugs. to pick with. <laughs> yeah. Throw me a bone, Sun Diesel. I'm sure it's not expensive to get the bone thugs on nowadays. Put yeah. one of them on there. <laughs> Preferably crazy bone. Did you know that Phil Collins did a song with the bone thugs? Yes. I know I've showed this to you before. I just yeah. it just they <laughs> they both came up on the same show. They just they sampled his song, but it's, he sings the whole the whole chorus for their their thing, and then um, they actually had him in the music video. And he got his own honorary Bone Thug name. He's Chrome Bone because he's bald. 
I remember reading that article. Or you telling me about it. I'm sure I told you. <laughs> All right, we good? Because I want to talk are... about next week's. Next yeah, week's episode to prepare for St. Patrick's Day is our top 10 favorite drinking songs. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Pandemic, for ruining two th- th- St. Patrick's Days. I know, seriously. <laughs> I just realized like two years ago that I like Irish slammers, and now I can't do them. Well, I could do them at home, but... It's not the same. So, Anyone wondering what an Irish slammer is, it used to be called an Irish car bomb, but we don't call that it that anymore because that's really insensitive and terrible. Did so, we talk about this? We might have. I feel like, I was like, did we, we haven't done a Cranberries episode. No, we talked about... Cranberries was in our... Uh, political songs list. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we did talk about this then because you were the one that told me that, and I, it's because of that. Yeah, it's like it's like it'd be like walking into Manhattan and ordering a Twin Towers. Like you can't. Yeah. It's no, we can't name <laughs> things after tragedies. Like that's stupid. So, but it's so good. Half shot I, of Jameson, half shot of Bailey's. Drop it in a a Guinness. Hey, Guinness. Everything else sounds fine to me, but I just don't like Guinness. All right. Top 10 drinking songs next week. We will see you then. Cool. I didn't know if you had more, but I was ready. No, I don't. <laughs> see, we still <laughs> do not end it. It's cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Former Critics. Check them out at formercritics.bandcamp.com.